On this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, it is an episode dedicated to you, our wonderful viewers on YouTube, our wonderful followers on X. We asked you for topics. We asked you for questions. You guys came through. We were able to put them into three groupings. To Michael Cole and I on this episode, closing out the month of January, we're going to focus on the three new Grizzly signings via hardship waiver. Some light injury updates, maybe a reorganization of the injury report, if you will. And we also have some ideas for trades going into the trade deadline. All that and more on this special edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Molinax. So happy to have you with us wherever you are, however you're taking in the podcast. It is much appreciated as always. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. DeMichael, how are you doing, sir? Doing great, Joe. Uh, another nice. day to talk Grizzlies basketball, man. Yeah, and and again, we wanted to honor and celebrate our wonderful yeah. followers on YouTube and Twitter and give them a chance to steer the show today, and that's exactly what they've done. Thanks to everybody for all the comments and, and replies on, I think I might have said Twitter, on X, whatever the heck they call mm-hmm. it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Social media of the guy that puts brain chips in people's heads, okay? Um so whether it's over on X or on YouTube, whatever the case might be, uh, we are very grateful for all the different comments, all the different questions, and, of course, the subscriptions getting us past that 3,000 mark before the month ended. So you guys guided the show today, and we'll uh, tackle your topics here momentarily. Friendly reminder that this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, like every episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, is a proud part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Again, you can also check us out on YouTube. Thank you for making DeMichael and I a part every single day, hopefully. If not every single day, if this is your first time coming through, maybe every few days. Hopefully, you'll come around each and every time a new episode of Locked on Grizzlies drops. Uh, DeMichael, we talked about you know this being an opportunity for our wonderful viewers on YouTube, our followers on X, to guide the program. And... There was a lot of good questions and comments. I was able to kind of group them all into three general topics. So the first thing we're going to talk about on this episode is the the new Grizzlies because the hardship waivers mm-hmm. cleared, and then it was like a a rainfall of uh, of basketball players. It was like an Avengers Endgame when Hawkeye comes back and he says, "Hey Cap, on your left, right," and then all the Avengers come up, and it, it's you know Thanos knows he's doomed. Uh, that's kind of what the help has arrived. The cavalry is here. Uh, some guys that maybe we're familiar with a little bit, depending on how into the weeds you are in the NBA G league and, uh, maybe, uh, some names that we're not as familiar with. So to Michael, why don't you talk us through, uh, these signings, including the, the one that literally played in the basketball game for the Grizzlies on Monday night, because they only had eight guys. And if he hadn't played Memphis wouldn't have been able to play the darn basketball game. Wouldn't been able to play the basketball game. You need eight uh, players, eight active players. And the Grizzlies were right on the fence in this game. But you know what? Uh, Matthew Hurt got the 10-day deal. So uh, before we get into that, the hardship exceptions, I've been asked about it a lot. 
Yeah. And people have said, how can the Grizzlies sign one guy, two guys, three guys? How does this work? Well, in the simplest form, what you have here is basically in the C- in the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, it is outlined that uh, a team that has more than four players out uh, with long-term injuries uh, can apply for the hardship waiver. And it's very likely, and it's going to get accepted. Once that's the case, uh, you can sign a player to a 10-day. Now, once you have more than four players, like if you have five guys, now you can get two guys in 10 days, six, so forth. And if you look at the Grizzlies right now, I mean, pretty much the entire starting lineup alone, you know, uh, meets the criteria there. John Morant, Desmond Bain, uh, Steven Adams, uh, Marcus Smart. Then when you get into Jake LaRavia, that's a fifth guy, Brandon Clark. That's six guys right there, which allows the Grizzlies to go get three hardship waivers. And the way this works is, of course, uh, we'll see how long they need these guys. But after the first 10 days, uh, I think maybe Jake LaRavia, because he'll be less than – because long-term injuries are classified as longer than two weeks. Uh, Jake, right. Jake LaRavia, I believe, was given a three-week timeline of, of reevaluation. So we'll see kind of what happens on that end. Maybe they bring one of the guys back, two of the guys back. But here's what we know about these guys. Matthew Hurd, you saw it up close. Everyone saw it up close. If you've been watching the Memphis Hustle, you weren't really surprised. I mean, the guy can flat out shoot the basketball. He played with the Grizzlies a little bit in the preseason, a little sparingly, but he was around the team. He practiced with the team. He's kind of that stretch four. Uh, mode defensively, uh, not really your NBA type defender. That if you're wondering what's kind of been holding him back, a little bit slow, you know, uh, feet wise, a, a little bit slow, hey, uh, a trying. little bit slow. He, he's got quicksand in his feet, Joe. There you go. That's what you want to hear. So he got quick. If he were any slower, he'd be called molasses, is what it would be. <laughs> but offensively, very skilled guy. And uh, the other two guys, so you got. Tosan Iwobama. How did is it? Let me let me go back Ooh. to the pronunciation guide on this you one. You might have gotten Jeff. it on the first try I'm, there, Michael. Iwo. Tosan Iwoma. Uh, this is Iwoma. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. And he's kind of sort of your Swiss Army nice in this group. A solid rebounder, a solid playmaker. Played on that Princeton team. If you're a March Madness fan out there, the team that beat uh Missouri in the NCAA tournament, and he was kind of uh, the leader in the game. So if you want to really see him kind of shine, go back and watch that game. Uh, Mark Spears over at Anscape also wrote a story, you know, about him after that game as well. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's from England, and he's kind of had to carve his own route to get to the league here. But a uh, decent shooter, doesn't really shoot it a lot, but he is very capable of knocking it down. Uh, he's kind of the Swiss Army knife of this group. Uh, think of a guy who can he can score, he can rebound, and he can pass the ball. Uh, not necessarily great at any of those areas, but good enough. Uh, to play in the NBA for sure at this point. Trey Jemison is the one that everyone's kind of been talking about for the longest. As a matter of fact, we talked about him here on sure Locked On Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid, low-post presence. When I think Trey Jemison, I just think of the defensive side of the basketball. Sure, you're going to get the dunks and whatnot, but defensively is where he's kind of carved out a role You know, at this level. He's a solid defensive maker. You're talking 6'10", 260-pound guy. He's going to block some shots. And right now, if you look at the bodies that the Grizzlies have inside, they don't have that type of imposing presence uh, to go alongside of a Jaron Jackson Jr. The other guys we're talking about are Santi Aldama, who's a little frail, and Xavier Tillman, who is a solid defender, but he's 6'8". Guys are just shooting over the top of them in certain situations. So uh, now you get Trey Jimson into the fold. I think he can really help from a physicality standpoint. I think that, Matt, of the three options, Hurt mm-hmm. is the one that's least likely to stick. I think that he can shoot the basketball. I think that he has the connection to the Memphis Hustle. They're rewarding a guy that's done some good things in the G League for them. 
the Grizzlies have a tendency to do that from time to time, a little bit of a payday bump, those sorts of things. I think if it comes down to the way that you explained it to Michael and maybe, you know, LaRavia can come back, but the other guys are still out, I yeah. think it's hurt that'll go back to the G League. I like I, Jemison. Yeah. I like him a lot. I think that there's interesting talents and, and replication of skill there in terms of his size. And Iwoma, I love this guy. I have yeah. no idea if it's actually going to translate to the NBA, but I watched some of those Princeton highlights, mm-hmm. and I re- I remember him now. I'll be honest. I didn't remember him at the time. They dominated actually, Missouri. I, re- I remember that game for that exact reason, and it was an impressive showing. He's a jack-of-all-trades. He's a Swiss Army knife. He has a frame that he looks like he could almost play all five positions on the floor. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't do any of them particularly well, as you alluded to, but he has that versatility. And again, for a roster that is this banged up, uh, Iwoma makes a ton of sense for that versatile type of player. It's almost like a, a souped-up David Roddy in that way. <laughs> uh, but in your opinion, DeMichael, do you mm-hmm. see Hurt being the one that could potentially stick or – are you with me that, I mean, all three of these guys probably won't stick, but who do you think is going to best utilize this NBA opportunity between the three of them? Yeah, I'm flipped around from you, Joe. Uh, you, you said Hurt is the least likely. For me, he is the most likely. Interesting. Uh, and, and Don't you think he's a bit redundant with Jake LaRavia? He is, but he's better. He's better right Whoa. now. Whoa. Hold the right phone. Time out. Time out. You're saying that he's better guy- is better than Jake Laravia right now, right now, for sure. Wow. Uh, now, n- now, granted, wow. all around game, all around game, Joe. I, I might give you that, you know. But when you watch them, it, it, go look at them playing the G League. Both of these guys have played a lot of minutes in the G League, and Matthew Hurst's numbers this year are much better uh, than Jake Laravia's numbers mm. in his time down there as well. Uh, we see the confidence with the shooting. I mean, he made more three-pointers in one quarter than Jake Laravia has made the entire season for the You're Memphis Grizzlies. And that's supposed to be – that's Laravia's calling card, right? I mean, we got Joe Mullinex on Locked On Grizzlies backing up Jake Laravia today. Uh, what's really going on? But um, here's the thing, Joe. I, I think, I think you know, Jake Laravia is an upside guy. You know, you see the fadeaway – a solid footwork offensively and all that, but he hasn't really put it together yet. And plus, by the time he's back, you know, the 10 day of Matthew Hurt will be long expired. So I don't think we're going to get in a situation where it's uh, LaRavia or Hurt uh, at any point because, you know, it, you, get, you only can sign guys to two 10 days. Once you sign them to the second 10 day, you have to either keep them on the roster or you can't retain them. Uh, so I think by the time LaRavia returns, he's either – you know, a roster guy where he's not on the roster. And it's hard to see any of these guys sticking on the roster based on the current landscape. Goodness gracious. Uh, what does that say about that draft pick? If that is a true statement, <laughs> Jake LaRavia is not as good as Matthew Hurt. Um, yikes. Well, we'll talk more about Jake LaRavia throughout the show. Uh, we're going to be talking injury updates. Nothing too substantial. The Grizzlies practice today. That's important to understand. So we'll get more definite information going into our next episode but again this episode was guided by our wonderful listeners and viewers so we wanted to keep it true to that so we'll talk a little bit about injuries maybe which ones are closer to returning than others uh that'll come up next here on lockdown grizzlies but first this episode of lockdown grizzlies is brought to you by ebay motors it's that time again to michael our partners at ebay motors have teamed up with lockdown fantasy basketball host josh lloyd to bring you some of the best 
fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We're familiar with Jared Vanderbilt here in Memphis. We remember him from the Los Angeles Lakers series. We have also saw him in the Minnesota Timberwolves series a couple seasons ago. We are well aware of what Vanderbilt brings to the table. Josh says that the Lakers lineups have seemed to work a lot better of late with Vando in them. Uh, the coach has been stubborn in deploying them, Darvin Ham. Still, his fantasy value is on the rise, and he fits in a few different fantasy builds. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows the championship team is about being a perfect fit with each player. Same thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one whip, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die car alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to United States customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. To Michael Cole, we are looking at injuries now. And again, we mentioned a moment ago the idea of this team's injury report still in notes section, right? Like on an Apple iPhone, you have to take a screenshot of your notes. You can't just type it into an X post. Um, that, that's how bad things have gotten in terms of health for the, health for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, more yeah. definite information likely to come out after today's practice. But again, multiple listeners, multiple viewers on YouTube ask for injury updates. So maybe organizing these in terms of likely to return soon-ish. We talked about Jake LaRavia a little bit in that way. Uh, guys that we know for sure aren't coming back this season, John Morant, Steven Adams, those sorts of things. And then the names that are in between. Kind of help our viewers and our listeners make sense of the current state of play for Grizzlies injuries going into practice today where we should get some more updated information. Yeah, I think Derrick Rose is the the big question mark uh, when you talk about who's close, who's uh, far away. He, he's been working out before the games a little bit and things like that more, which is something he wasn't really doing much of a couple weeks ago. Uh, so there is progress uh, there. But again, as you alluded to, uh, we'll know more kind of on Derrick Rose, kind of have a more definitive update on him for tomorrow's show. Everyone else still seems kind of far away at this point because they all have to get reevaluated. That's kind of like the thing. And if you know, with the Grizzlies, once you reach that reevaluation period, you, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. But uh, in the case of Desmond Bain, for example, I think he's one of the more encouraging ones as you get towards uh, that six-week evaluation stretch. Uh, I believe Mike Wallace uh, has said it that uh, he believes that you know Desmond Bain is ahead of pace. I myself said it here on Locked On Grizzlies uh, a couple days ago that I've actually been hearing as well that Desmond Bain is really pushing uh, to kind of uh, be right at that six-week timeline and potentially even beat it. But that's kind of a mentality thing with Desmond Bain as well. You know, he's, he's only been injured pretty much three times uh, in his basketball life where he's had real serious injuries in his mind. He's, and he told me it was the back injury. It was the injury last year uh, with his foot. And then it's the one he has right now. Outside of that, you know, TCU, he pretty much played every single game. So uh, he's pushing the envelope there. I think uh, you talk about between him, Marcus Smart, he is closer uh, to return. Marcus Smart still has a splint on his hand. So uh, since the splint, the splint has not been removed yet, he is still doing very limited activity uh, with that hand. So uh, I believe the splint won't be removed until 
uh, his evaluation period is up, and then he'll be able to do basketball activity. So amongst that group, I think Derrick Rose is probably the closest one. We'll know more definitively. Uh, Jake Laravia shouldn't be far as way shouldn't be far away as well. And then Desmond Bain, uh, it's sounding like somewhere around All Star break, uh, we should have a very definitive answer on when he'll be back. Brandon Clark has been doing more before games as well. Every once in a while, you'll see a post from either our friend Parker Fleming, somebody else in Grizzlies media, uh, a picture of Brandon Clark doing a dunk, Brandon Clark doing some sort of pregame workout. A lot of the guys do that, as you alluded to. They'll get their work in, even in the injured guys. They'll mm-hmm. do some practice drills, whatever the case might be. They'll go shower, change back into their street clothes, and then they'll head to the bench for the game. Uh, do you have any semblance of an idea? Again, understanding the practices today, maybe there's more of an update coming out of that practice. Looking at Brandon Clark, the time frame was always around the trade deadline-ish. Have you seen anything to suggest that's not going to happen, or do you think Clark is still on track for a late February or mid to late February post-All-Star break return? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely on track um, in terms of where he is physically. I mean, he looks good, you know, seeing him, you know, move around and things like that. You mentioned uh, him working out before the games and whatnot. I'm sure we'll see him a little bit, you know, at practice later today as well. But uh, timeline-wise, we haven't heard much, you know, from Taylor Jenkins in terms of how the Grizzlies, uh, their plan of attack for this. Because uh, it could be different now, and we don't know yet uh, in terms of how what this team's record how that will play into uh, the effectiveness in terms of how they plan on uh, using Brandon Clark. It could be a situation where they say, oh, the record really doesn't matter. You want to get him some game reps. Or it could be a situation where they say, we're not really in it right now. We're going to just take this a little slow uh, and pretty much let him get a full off season uh, where he continues to uh, get closer to 100% or pretty much be at 100%. But the phys- physically, he looks great. I mean, he, he looks explosive, which I wanted to make sure I pointed out to you, Joe Molinax, because uh, you, you kind of thought he was going to come back jumping around like Gilkic or something, but uh, he, he looks pretty uh, explosive, Joe. Well, I do think there's a difference between in-game explosivity and, and jumping at <laughs> the rim when nobody's around you to, trying to defend you or foul you. It is good to see that, and, and I do hope, because Brandon Clark is such an important piece of this. He's been out for a while. Maybe folks have forgotten that. Maybe you're new yeah. to the Grizzlies and you haven't watched Brandon Clark play. When Brandon Clark's at his best, this team, you could argue, is a legitimate title contender when healthy. Uh, that's how good Brandon Clark can be for them if he recovers nicely from this injury. And that ties in, you know, closing out this part of the conversation to Michael, mm-hmm. whether it's Clark, Marcus Smart, how much of a rush would you be to see these guys get back out on the floor I don't know that Memphis is tanking. We've talked about that a little bit. Doesn't necessarily make yeah. sense for them to tank. They're not going to no. be as bad as the Pistons or the Spurs right. or the Wizards. You know, the, the bottom four teams in the NBA are pretty well set. But Brandon Clark coming off of an Achilles is a little more serious than a finger injury. Do you anticipate them taking it slow? What, what angle do you see them playing? Sure, maybe Clark is eligible to play March 1st, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean he's on the floor March 1st. Yeah, I think they'll play them based on what we see right now. Now, again, roster, the roster construction was going to tell us everything we need We need to know. Right now, the Grizzlies don't have a lot of front court depth. That's why they went out and got Trey Jemison. And, again, that's a 10-day contract. So uh, he's probably not going to be on the roster by the point uh, Brandon Clark returns, for example. And Xavier Tillman is someone who we will potentially talk about in the next segment or in future episodes as we get closer right. to that 
to that point, it's someone that could be traded at the deadline. He's on the expiring contract. He's on a very cheap contract. Uh, teams will covet a, a kind of a, a defensive big man who is on a cheap contract that won't cost you much. So if you uh, take a trade for Xavier Tillman, who you're probably not resigning anyway, uh, now you, you only have a couple of guys in Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama that you're playing. Uh, so they'll either need to get another big, you know, in a trade or, you know, a 10-day or whatever the case may be, but they'll need someone else on that roster. And if they're comfortable enough trading away, Xavier Tillman Sr., for example, then I think that kind of tells us everything we know with the plan to Brandon Clark because you're going to need to play him at that point. You're going to need minutes from him. So uh, based on the way the roster looks right now, I see no reason why he, he doesn't play this season. I fully expect him to. That's a great point, and that will tie into our next segment. If Brandon Clark's going to play, Xavier yeah. Tillman's probably not long for this Grizzlies world, and and that'll be an interesting kind of balancing act to see as the trade deadline approaches. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we will talk about that NBA trade deadline, some trade ideas, possibilities for Memphis moving things around. I wouldn't expect them to do too much, but there's always a chance, and we'll break that down a little bit for our listeners and viewers who asked us to coming up next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, I want to remind you that Lockdown Sports Today has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn understands that at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. One move that they can make that will take their business to the next level. LinkedIn Jobs knows that success depends on the people that you surround yourself with and the team that you build. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we close out with trade ideas heading into the NBA trade deadline for these Memphis Grizzlies. Stick around. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts for this episode, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's a Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I've been covering the Grizzlies for over a decade here, there, and everywhere. You've come to the right place for Memphis Grizzlies content this and every day here on Lockdown Grizzlies. To Michael, this episode has been dedicated to our faithful commenters and followers on YouTube and on X. Lots of good input. We've grouped a lot of these similar questions into three categories. We talked about the new Grizzly signings. We talked about injuries, different perspectives on those. Again, more ex, more definitive information will probably be available on our next episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, especially with regard to Derrick Rose, as you alluded to. Um, that leads us to what a majority of folks asked about last, and that is trade ideas. Now, this kind of coincides and works out nicely with the tweet that came out from Adrian Wojnarowski or the post, whatever it's called, goodness gracious, um, on the thing formerly known as Twitter, mm -hmm. Woj posted the projected 2024-2025 salary cap levels. This is a little in the weeds. We're not going to talk too much about it because I might make you fall asleep 
The main number that our listeners and viewers need to know to Michael is $179 million. That is the amount for the first apron level over the salary tax. The reason that number matters is they are likely to be closer to that number next year than the $190 million that is the second apron level. There are so many more punitive things that happen to a team in terms of building a roster when you pass that second apron of the tax. It is extremely unlikely that even if you want to say Robert Perry is one of the richest owners in the NBA, that might be true. Just for the sake of building a team, it's unlikely that Memphis goes past that second apron. So between 179 and 190 million is where this Memphis roster is probably going to live. That almost certainly means a couple of the guys currently on this Grizzlies roster will not be here this time next year as they try to avoid it. Because if the, if, as things stand right now, they're past the first apron without signing a lottery pick first rounder. They're going to go past the second apron. Something's got to give to Mike. Something's got to give. And to me, that's why this, this year, honestly, it's going to sting a little bit for a while. I, I don't want to really just harp on that point too much, but this is the last year of Desmond Banks' rookie contract. And you got the first year of Jaws, you know, second deal and whatnot. So this was kind of the year where you could could have went out. Like if all those guys were healthy, you could have made a big swing without with moving one of those bench pieces who have, you know, a, a decent sized contract to kind of add to that core. And now that's really, you know, kind of an outside option. So, uh, yes, it, it, it hurts. But if you look at the future of, of this team around those guys, that's the core. Again, we know the Jaron Jackson Jr. extension talks will probably uh, – be a conversation that we get into uh, next season and whatnot. But to me, Joe, it's all about those first round picks of the last couple of years. That's, that's where the money, when you, you talk about the difference between staying maybe below that first apron, being above the first apron and uh, avoiding the second apron, it's that Zyra Williams, you know, uh, contract where he's projected to make what around six, 7 million uh, next season. Yep. It's the, it's the Jake LaRavia contract. You know, it's, you know, David Rice contract, even to you know, a lesser degree. Uh, these are all former first-round picks who, at the end of the day, don't really look like first-round picks. And we know that because Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson was drafted in the second round, and especially Vince Williams. It looks better than those guys from what we've seen. With all that being said, uh, you have excellent value in, in Vince Williams' contract. You're probably going to get decent value whenever you sign Gigi Jackson, and it's probably something you want to do. Uh, going into the offseason for sure. Now, my thing is uh, uh, Zaire Williams is the main guy that I think, if you're going to move someone, uh, that's the guy that I would say you want to get off that contract because, uh, yes, next season would be his final year as opposed to Jake LaRavia. You got him two more seasons, you know, in addition to not only just this season, but next season and the year after that. So, uh, that's probably one that you want to move as well. But it's playing to Zaire Williams. We've been here a while now, Joe. Uh, we said it before the season. He said no one worked harder than me. And we got to be honest at some point. If, if he's worked harder than anyone, and these are the results that we've seen, uh, I don't think he can really push himself that much more. He's getting all the opportunities right now with guys out. And we haven't seen Zaire Williams kind of separate himself. But you know what? There may be a team out there that says, hey, this guy is a former five-star recruit, this guy is a former top 10 pick and maybe a different situation. You see the flashes. He's coming off. He's had a couple good games recently. You see the flashes and whatnot. Go to a different situation and a team says, hey, 
We get him, we fill him out for the rest of this season, and he goes into our offseason program for the entirety of the offseason, and we get a full year to see what we want to do with him. Uh, there may be a team out there uh, that says a six eight six nine wing that is a, a proven solid defender. He may be worth a shot. So I think that's the guy. Now, again, as I saw Bobby Marks, uh, ESPN's uh, uh, kind of salary cap guru, say uh, – you, you can't dance on the dance floor without having a dance partner. So uh, you're going to need a partner to make it happen. But uh, that's kind of the main guy that stands out to me, John. I think that's a good pick. I'll uh, I'll do you one better that's going to hurt my heart a little bit. Uh, Luke Kennard, I think, would be an option. Right that now? Would, that would make sense for a team that's trying to compete, a Ooh. team that – is thinking long-term in terms of their own salary cap situation. I look at the Indiana Pacers and Buddy Heald being an expiring contract that maybe they're not going to be able to re-sign that guy. You have Luke Kennard come in. Mm -hmm. He's on a team option, I think, for you know around $14 yeah. million next year. That's certainly less than what you would imagine Buddy Heald would make in free agency. Uh, I, I think that there is a lane for a Kennard deal that would help a team like an Indiana. Imagine Kennard in that Indiana offense. And it would also put Memphis in a position to avoid that spot entirely if they don't have a dance partner for somebody like a Zaire Williams or a Xavier Tillman. You could also pair Tillman's smaller deal with either of those contracts more yeah. than likely and find a way to make a trade happen. I see them prioritizing second-round picks. To be honest with you, they've had more success with those recently. Vince Williams Jr., and Gigi Jackson being a great example of that. The, mm -hmm. the way that you sign those guys to a contract is also a little bit more team-friendly in terms of control. Yeah. So I think you tag Zaire and X, and you get a couple of second-rounders for that, that kind of things. Because Zaire was a first, like you said, top 10 lottery pick. But at least you're getting something, and it's something that can help you build your roster around your new reality that you alluded to. The fact that you're going to have John Morant and Desmond Bain as max contract guys. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not coming at a discount this time around. He's going to yep. be another max contract guy, you'd imagine. Mm -hmm. And with three max contract guys on the roster, things get fishy in terms of the, the numbers around those guys. I believe that Robert Perez, Zach Kleiman, they're planning to be in the luxury tax. I yeah, do believe sure. that. I think that they're willing to do that to keep that core together. Are they going to be a second apron team for a variety of reasons? No, uh, whether it's the money that goes along with that, and the tax and the punishment for that, whether it is, again, the inability to do certain things in and around the salary cap, trades, veteran minimum signings, whatever the case might be, it just gets a lot harder to build a team if you're above that second apron. So yeah. for a market like Memphis, that just doesn't make sense. So I do think they'll live in that 179 to 190 million world they're pretty close to the second apron going into next year with the group that they've currently constructed, whether it's now or whether it's as simple as not picking up Luke Kennard's option this offseason. Uh, something's <laughs> got to give. But I would also rather them get something for Kennard now. And yeah. it stings to say that because I love Luke Kennard. But mm -hmm. it, are you are we talking about trading Marcus Smart and his $18 million contract? Yeah, absolutely not. So it, somebody's got to go. Steven Adams in terms of his – contract being an expiring deal. I love Steven Adams. I think he fits. And that really drives home the point that you made a moment ago to Michael, you know, this year is going to sting for a while because if all mm -hmm. these guys could have been healthy, I think we're talking about a team that's in the top two or three of the Western conference. 
and we're yeah. looking at potential playoff matchups at this point, not trades that are trying to avoid the luxury tax second apron. And that's right. just the tough spot that Memphis is in this year. Yeah, I think it's it's not even this season is kind of going to sting because it's a lost championship season. It's a sure. lost opportunity right before Desmond Bain's contract kicks in where you have a clear identity of what's needed going forward. Uh, right. We didn't see enough of John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, and Jaron Jackson Jr. on the floor this season to say that's a championship contender. I mean, we it looked good, you know, six and three and whatnot, but we didn't see enough. We didn't see them go on the road and play, you know, the Boston Celtics. We didn't see them, you know, take on the Minnesota Timberwolves and those type of teams. We didn't see them go against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we did not see enough, even though it it looked good uh, for that nine-game stretch. And that's kind of where it stinks because now you're going into this next offseason and you're still kind of swinging for the fences, but the resources are going to be a little bit smaller. Now, I agree with you right there on – I think our overall point, which, Joe, we seem to do a lot. Like, we have different ways of getting there, but we agree at the end of the day. I think we both agree from the standpoint that the biggest key at the trade deadline should be creating roster flexibility. Now, my way of getting there is a little bit different than yours because I think that the Grizzlies, they have these assets that they've kind of accumulated that they haven't used yet, and now this is the time uh, to potentially use some of them. I agree with you from the standpoint of you might want to come off of a Tillman for a second round pick or something like that. And you don't really have to get a salary back. You don't have to get a salary back because uh, you have that Dylan Brooks traded player exception that's estimated to be around $7 million. Uh, Same thing with another player. If you want to move, uh, say, John Conchar, for example, you can move John Conchar for you know, a couple second round picks or whatever the case may be. And you don't have to take a player back. You can just get a salary filler with, in terms of the traded player exception and a second round pick. That'll create roster flexibility, not only for, for the remainder of this season where you can potentially sign one of those 10 gay guys or check this out, Joe, you can use your injury exception. One of them, you got a, mm. one that's about $6.3 million from Stephen Adams, and you got another one that's around $12.4 million for John Morant. And if you use one of those, remember, you only can use it uh, for a player that's signed just through the rest of the season. So you can't go into next season with so-signed player uh, using that uh, trade exception because John Morant or Stephen Adams were predicted to be right. back at that point. So I think you got all these exits. You say, hey, we can ship one of those guys out. You create that roster flexibility. And guess what? You still have that roster flexibility at the end of the season because I think roster spots – are more important right now than sheer dollars. The dollars are right behind it, but creating those roster spots uh, so you can, because you got to sign a first round pick. Uh, Gigi Jackson needs to be addressed because even if you don't plan on keeping him long term, uh, he is an asset. And that's something we can talk about way down the stretch. But uh, you kind of just got to uh, approach this from a standpoint of roster flexibility is the key. How much are you going to make people mad if you say that Gigi Jackson is not part of their long-term plan? I'm not saying Ooh. that. I just said I just said it. Maybe it could but be a Michael said that, not me. I'm not, I'm First, not saying you that. Picked John, you picked John Conchar over Gigi Jackson a couple days ago. Oh, boy. And not now you, not you're you, talking no. about if Gigi's part of the future? I don't know, YouTube commenters. You might want to give that to Michael Cole a hard time <laughs> for his hate on Gigi Jackson. I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, but – Speaking of our YouTube commenters, thank you so much to everybody that chimed in, whether it was on X or on YouTube. Thanks for helping us guide this episode of the show. It is much appreciated. And thank you one more time 
for getting us past 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. Onward and upward, partner, to 4,000. I know we'll get there here soon. Next time we're together on Locked on Grizzlies, we'll be breaking down all the updates from practice. DeMichael's going to have all sorts of goodies for us, I am sure. We also will be talking Grizzlies basketball again. Grizzlies have a big game coming up, of course. Every game is big when you're the Memphis Grizzlies. This time it's against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It might be an interesting time to Michael to compare and contrast because Cleveland's had some injury issues themselves this season and maybe not quite as bad as Memphis, but still not great. Cleveland remains one of the elite teams in the Eastern conference. And obviously Memphis is in the spot they're in. So maybe how Cleveland got their job done, what Memphis can maybe learn from that experience. Lots of different angles we can take going in to our Thursday episode of locked on Grizzlies for DeMichael. I'm Joe. Until next time, stay locked in. Remember to check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube, 24-7 sports streaming channel. Great perspective from myself to Michael, other Locked On hosts, the Locked On NBA crew, Locked On NFL, all sorts of different things. Check out Locked On Sports Today. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Grizzlies every day. And until next time, for DeMichael, I'm Joe. Stay locked in. We'll catch you next time here on Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you so much. Have a good one.